0: YorkRegion.com covered this story. Someone um, is spending time in the I believe it's called the Beaver Creek Correctional Facility. It's a minimum facility, uh, m- minimum security facility up in Muskoka. And that is where Marco Muzzo is. Now, this person said while he was in prison with Marco Muzzo, you know, he uh, he found him to be a pretty good guy. But I would imagine Muzzo ticked him off in some way or another because he also went to a reporter at York Region and said, by the way, you know what Marco Muzzo's doing um, behind jail bars? Basically, it's a minimum. So you're allowed to do a lot of extracurricular activities. But he is at Beaver Creek Prison in Gravenhurst. And he said he's been playing mini golf, horseshoes, bocce ball. Now admittedly, all of these are not speed sports I mean these are like you know these are sports where you are like gonna be bored, right? It's not like super exciting, but still, this is a guy who killed you know three generations of a family, and in the most horrific way, I mean just it, it was horrible um and he's there not only playing mini golf horseshoes and bocce but he is having barbecues with his friends and his family, and he's engaged. And there is a, uh, like, a two-story home that your fiancé or a family member are allowed to stay at for, like, 72 hours or something ridiculous like that while in, within the prison grounds. And you can go and have conjugal visits. So the argument is, like, how is this punishment? Yeah, he can't go out and do what he used to do, but the reality is, is this guy is supposed to be in prison Serving a ten-year sentence, his date for his second parole hearing hasn't been set yet, but they figure it'll be a few months from now, and he could be released from prison then. If not, he could be released in 2022 once two-thirds of his time has been served. At the very least, uh, he'll be out by 2025, um, at the very latest, rather, and it, when his ten-year service is his, his ten-year sentence actually comes to an end, and. I think a lot of people are shocked by when they hear news of this. And the reality is our prison system isn't about – it's not really about punishment. It's about rehabilitation. But at the very least, I think this guy should be enrolled in some sort of AA, shouldn't he? I mean, he clearly he was drinking and driving, was well over the limit, and got behind the wheel. And, you know, I know that you have – programs for AA but you can kind of shoot pick and choose what you want to take it, it, there's nothing that says that he is involved in AA right now we don't know the contrary he could be but at the very least I should be doing that rather than mini golf hey Joe Wombach's on the line right now he's founder and chairperson of the Canadian Crime Victim Foundation can you tell us Joe and first of all welcome to the show what the Canadian Crime Victim Foundation does
1: Well, good morning, Kelly, and uh, thanks for listening to me, or you're going to be listening to me this morning. Uh, Canadian Crime Victim Foundation was founded 20 years ago as a result of a violent assault on my then 15-year-old son, uh, which left him in a coma for three months. Uh, He was paralyzed, and my wife and I lived in the hospital with him for seven months to try and help him recover. He has never recovered. It's mm. been 20 years. Um, what we did learn, though, during that seven months was that victims have absolutely no rights whatsoever in Canada. It is those that perpetrate the crimes that have all of the rights. Victims are completely forgotten. What the thrust of the foundation is and uh, to, is, is to reinforce the concept. Uh, which is a very simple concept is that victims lives have matter have meaning as well they 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 are valuable and they should not be forgotten, and they are forgotten not only by the great majority of society but certainly by our government and the and the facilities that are available for for those that commit the crime are not available for those who's had a crime committed against them. So the Foundation provides emotional support, psychological support, we provide free psychological counseling for victims of violent crime in New York Region, uh, and we've provided over $800,000 in scholarships for siblings of homicide victims as well as survivors of extreme violence.
0: Right, because people often forget about who's left behind. And I think about the Neville Lake family, you know, there that crash that mutso was responsible for killed four people, three under the age of nine. Uh, and it, it badly injured two elderly women who are still living with that. You imagine the uh, mother and the daughter still trying to help, you know, her aunt and her mother out and dealing with all of the loss uh, to find out that mutso is spending his time behind bars. Yeah, he pled guilty. He decided to not go to a trial and go right behind bars. But to find out that he's having conjugal visits with his fiancée and, you know, in his spare time playing bocce ball and horseshoes and whatever else, do you blame him or do you blame the system?
1: Well, I blame the system. It's, um, you know, what he does... In a, a restricted environment, it, it has absolutely no bearing on how I feel. Uh, he can do whatever he wants. He can eat steak, watch television. It doesn't matter uh, what does matter and what is very important, and I believe is the most important thing, is that his liberty is restrained and will be restrained for the full length of time that a competent court has decided, which is a period of 10 years. Uh, within that 10-year period, we hope he'll be able to reflect on what he has done and the horror and the tragedy that he has created by his own actions, one of the things that we can 't forget is is that the Neville lake family they are in prison mm-hmm. and but they will be in prison uh, for the rest of their for the rest of their lives and If you can just nobody can imagine what it's like to lose one child, let alone your entire family. You wake up every morning thinking about it, you go to bed every night thinking about it, your liberty has been stolen. You are no longer able to walk the streets, to go on vacation, to enjoy weddings, grandchildren, universities, schools, to see the smile of your children. That has been stolen from them. It can never be replaced. But what we can do as a society is provide the kinds of support that are necessary for not only the Neville Lake family, but for all other victims of crime to be able to have move forward with their lives
0: well i think everybody can breathe a sigh of relief that you're there and that you are providing you know uh this kind of support for for victims families but how hurtful is it for a victim fam uh, you know the the victims families to find out in this case the neville lakes to find out that mood um is you know having a little bit of fun i mean let, let's face it a conjugal visit is that possibly as an adult the most fun you could have especially if it's with somebody you love and this is somebody who's taken, you know, away, you know, your, your future, the future of your family. Some argue argue that he should have to serve ten years without any fun, and maybe he should have to, you know, work. Uh, I know that they they make hats and things like that. Um, they sew hats for children, you know, in as part of the rehabilitation program in Beaver Creek. The question mark is why is he not doing that? Why is he attending barbecues?
1: I think one of the most important things to remember, Kelly, is that the fact that Marco Muso is doing certain things behind the walls of Beaver Creek is really insignificant to the pain that they wake up with every single morning, and they live with every single day of not having their children there. Revenge and anger, yes, it's there, absolutely. It's it it is it, it's non escapable. But when you look at really what needs to be done, is providing fewer uh, facilities, fewer advantages for those that commit the crime, and providing at least an equal amount of support. for What those. does
0: that look like, the support for the victims? Pardon me? What should that look like, the support for the victims' families? Because as you say, you wake up every day, you've lost you know, what your son was, and uh, you, you go to bed and, and you still live with that pain. So... What do you, What does that look like? What's your ultimate hope that we'd start doing for victims of crime in Canada?
1: Well, I would hope that we would consider, and I'm going to use the words rehabilitation for those victims. We provide resources, money, time, expense for those that commit the crime, but we don't provide anything for those whose the crime has been committed against. I want to see, and I would like to see in uh, pro, uh, Victims of violent crime provided with qualified psychological care and support. Everybody is different. Mm -hmm. Some people are able to bury their their emotions very deeply and can move forward with their lives very quickly after suffering such a horrendous loss. Others will take years or decades and still never be able to climb out of the hole. They need that kind of support. And our governments, provincially and federally, are doing absolutely nothing for these people. They will provide a minimum of so many hours of counseling by an unqualified individual to try and support it, and then they wash their hands of it. But these people need that support for the rest of their lives, and it's not money. Nobody wants to trade the life of their child for a blank check. What they do need is support, constant care, constant emotional support and psychological support to help them deal with the grief that will be with them for the rest of their lives. I imagine
0: financial support's a big thing, too, because at the end of the day, it'd be very hard to go in and do a job on a daily basis.
1: Well, you can't. As a matter of fact, And criminal injuries compensation in this province is, is dismal at best. Um, we have judges today that are refusing to impose uh, victim surcharge fines on criminals. Um, we have a federal government that is actually reducing the the, the, the sentencing for uh, pedophiles that sexually assault young children we had it uh, set so that there was a minimum three years and that was struck down by the federal government uh minimum uh, sentencing for those that commit crimes with guns was on our law books and again it was struck down by our our federal government as being too mean and too tough yeah
0: do you think it's about being mean or do you think it's about money
1: it's about we don't i don't know i can't think of any reason why any rational individual would want to reduce the sentence and uh, reduce the consequence uh, to individuals who, who who undertake extremely violent crimes against another human being i cannot understand it we have becoming more and more lenient uh, every year uh, that we exist on this on the, in this country and i just don't understand it i just don't believe that victims' lives are considered or that the lives of those people who have been lost have any value. And that's wrong. They do have value. And that should be considered not only in sentencing, but also in the consequences that are involved.
0: Joe, we're probably not going to change laws and legislation right now. But um, in the meantime, I think there are people listening right now and we have a lot of different listeners and people that you've probably, um, you know, what you're saying is resonating with, and and they want to help out. If people want to help out the Canadian Crime Victim Foundation, how do they do that? Where do they go?
1: Well, they can go to the website. It's just www.ccvf, standing for Canadian Crime Victim Foundation, dot net. And uh, that website explains what we do, why we do it, how we became involved, and uh, what they can do to, to try and help. Every nickel that is collected in our foundation goes directly to supportive victims. My wife and I, we don't take any salaries. There are no director's fees. There are no overheads or costs. So we are one of the very few foundations, charitable foundations in Canada, that undertake the operation of this charity in that way. It's important for us because we've seen it. We understand the loss.
0: Well, I think it speaks a lot for you um, and your character, Joe, when you've dealt with this loss and you're not uh, upset at the fact that Marco Muzzo is playing, you know, bocce ball or mini putt in prison. What you're more concerned about is that victims uh, and their family members uh, get the care that they so desperately need. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank
1: you. And that's the focus we all I believe we all have to work towards is just looking after those that are hurt the most.
0: Joe, thanks so much. You have yourself a good afternoon. Thank you, Kelly. All right. Joe Wambach is uh, founder and chairperson of the Canadian Crime Victim Foundation.